Welcome to Aurelius Whitlock's Murder Museum. Hi, I'm Marcus Richardson. And I'm Nathan Hicken. And we last left off amidst the gala exhibit, where I play as the Professor Elliot Turton at a swanky gala. And it actually has been a minute since we've recorded. And also, there's a lot going on in this mystery, as far as I can tell. So, Nathan, do you want to give the listeners and myself a bit of a, a recap? Yes. All right. So, last we left our detective Turton. We were at the gala at the Museum of Exploration and Discovery. The gala being hosted by the museum curator Etienne Cousteau, who was holding the gala in honor of the newest artifact they found. The evening started out pretty swell with Elliot meeting up with his date Genevieve. We met a few other players, including Kira Shosuke, a donor to the museum. We saw the security guard as well a young explorer named Julian Oliveira, and then Etienne's ex-wife, Nelly Cousteau. Now, the evening proceeded pretty mildly until at around 8 o'clock, a body was found at the atrium, the base of the stairs next to the dinosaur skeleton. After thoroughly examining the body, it was determined that he fell from a great height and died. About that time, the security guard collapsed from a heart attack, following which the lights went off, a fire started, and something uh, killed the time loop. And we found ourselves back at the beginning on the stairwell. So we are back at the beginning of, of a seemingly time loop. Which is awesome. I love time loops. Can I pull up my pocket Watson real quick? Yes. going to flip him open and be like, hey, do I... Do I keep evidence loop to loop? Hmm. It appears that you do not. I didn't look at those papers, though. <laughs> That's all right. They're gone. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Um, I'll probably have more questions for you later. Doo-doo-doo. And I close it. <laughs> I'm on the stairs. I'm next to Genevieve, mm-hmm. or I'm... Okay. Genevieve has just asked you, where, are you, where have you been? Um, I... Look at her with a distant expression. Uh, <laughs> and I think that my first instinct the second time around is to to really get to know the deceased and possibly even prevent it. Mm. So I, I think what I'm going to do is I know I talked to Cousteau before he gave his little gala speech. Gala or gala? I don't know. I've uh, heard it both ways. Cool. Uh, so... He should be around, right? Can I see him in the hall? You don't see him on the stairwell where you are at. Okay. Um, in that case, I walk up to where the like tables and such are, okay. or is it down? This setup is very familiar to you. Um, you see, once again, Genevieve is kind of gesturing you towards your table from last loop. You see Kira, the donor you met, still at that table. You see a woman setting up a podium where Gavril will come speak in a few minutes. You see the band playing some music and some people wandering around, a couple waiters with trays of hors d'oeuvres and such. You do not see... Did you see... say Gavril? Sorry. You do not see 
uh, Etienne. Okay. It was Gavril an old name? You technically don't know who he okay. is, right? Okay. Yet. This again. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, no, that makes sense. Let's see. I do not see him. Oh, man. I mean, like, I could do this like a completionist thing, assuming that it's going to keep looping. I could be like, all right, this loop, I only do this one thing. But that is. But where's the fun in that? <laughs> Thoroughness is not. Well, actually, um, let's see. I, th- I think I'm going to start by going different places. Um, I know upstairs there's the scorching exhibit and the Arctic mm-hmm. exhibit. Down here, there's a Viking exhibit, mm-hmm. which I do believe I saw a ship on fire in there. Yes, you did. Interesting. And just to re- review a few evidence things, I also saw some Arctic-like snow near the Sumerian sundial. Yes. Okay. I don't know much about the jungle, which is on the other side, the opposite side from the Viking exhibit, right? Nope. I don't know that you've been inside the jungle. Okay. But it is on the opposite side. It is on the opposite side of the Viking. I think I will make some lame excuse to Genevieve of why I need to go clear my head in the jungle and uh, walk over there alone. Oh, Oh, all right. She leaves you to it. Okay. So you head to the jungle. And inside, through the archway, you can feel the blanket of humidity settle on your shoulders. Inside is what, for all intents and purposes, looks and feels like a jungle. There are vines and trees lining the walls, taxidermized jungle creatures prowling through the vegetation, and an actual flowing river with a bridge and some stone structures somewhere across the river. So this is a zoo, but all the animals are dead? Yeah. <laughs> That's. I'm not sure <laughs> how I like museum. their taste, but okay. <laughs> You are free to wander. The bridge goes further into the jungle room. I do think I'm going to go in further, look for... I know there was something about a a stake and a stone, a snake on a stone uh, that I'll I'll look around for just because if that was the exhibit, that might be significant and this is a jungle. In addition to looking for that, I'm just looking for anything out of place and any, uh, any people as well. Okay. So you go across the bridge and uh, you Over the river and through the woods? (laughs) Across the bridge, over the river, through the woods. You see the stone structure comes into view a little better. Uh, It seems to be a replica of an ancient temple of some sorts. There's a small plaque outside that describes two unnamed explorers who found this temple and the artifact inside. There are steps leading up so you can enter into the temple. Yes, I will do that. So you walk up the stairs. It's pretty impressive, honestly, that they've built this replica inside. Um, You step inside to a small chamber covered in carvings on the walls. There's also a small display case in the center of the room with a spotlight hanging above it. And inside the small display case is a blood red serpent. In fact, it's the same serpent that you remember from the gala exhibit display case. There's a small plaque beside it, which says, The Sanguine Serpent. Used in ancient rituals, this statue was rumored to be imbued with the power from the god of dreams. Huh. So many interesting exhibits in this museum. They went all out. Uh, is it, It's in a glass display case? Mm-hmm. How heavy is the glass display case? What if I try to lift it? <laughs> so you, if you try to lift it, it doesn't seem to come off from the bottom, if that makes sense. Okay. It seems pretty stuck on. Okay. You could probably break through it. Interesting. Maybe maybe another loop. I feel like 
I want to keep my eye on this. <laughs> An interesting snake, for sure. I have a note that says Dead Jungle. Is that what this place is called? Yep, the Dead Jungle. Yeah, not loving their taste. Great execution, <laughs> awful taste. <laughs> no, it's cool. Okay, I'm going to turn back around and enter back into the, the central area. Okay, as you walk down the temple, a couple things you do see. There is also a little cave to the right. Oh, and in, in the jungle, there's in the more jungle to see. area. In, in that case, I should keep exploring. Yeah, let's. Uh, can I go to the jungle uh, cave? Yeah, you enter the t- enter the cave. It's kind of dark. There's stalactites everywhere, but the main thing that you can see in here is a door that is locked. It looks like it could be some custodial closet or something. There's little plaques about caves and famous ex- cave explorers throughout the years. Okay. Anything else? Not in the cave. As you exit the cave, you hear someone else enter the room. You hear them because they're being pretty loud. And it is Nellie Cousteau. All right. What are they saying? She is currently just ranting to herself. You Are you trying to hide yourself or letting yourself be seen? I want to be amongst the vines for a second here. All right. Okay. So you watch her kind of ranting. She's very clearly ranting about Etienne, who... You now can hear his outside giving his speech. Um, you see her pull out a cigar and light it up in the jungle. She doesn't really seem to care that she's in a museum. Just seems to be vibing. So as soon as she starts smoking, she kind of stops ranting. Okay, I'm going to pop out of the vines and say, fire safety is no joke. And who are you to tell me that? A patron of the arts. I'm not sure how I feel about you smoking uh, in in a, a place like this. Well, I'm not sure I appreciate you telling me what to do. Touche. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm just joking. I uh, I don't know. I I don't have enough to make to start making wild connections. But <laughs> like, what what if she's gonna light this boat on fire? This is something that's flame. It. <laughs> but uh, that doesn't make sense. Um, I'm gonna say if I may ask Nelly I've, I've heard of you why did you even come tonight I happen to be invited yes but I I understand there's some bad blood between you and Etienne look what's in the past is in the past what Etienne does now is his own business but I was invited here and I still have some sway in this community so Huh. And and what kind of sway would that be? Are you uh, a curator yourself? Listen, Tuts, it's obvious you don't know who I am. So why don't you just get moving? You you don't want to uh, remedy that? Tell me a little bit about yourself. (sighs) Well, if you'd read any of my articles, you would know. She starts going on a tangent about her life in the world of an art and museum critic. You get the idea that she specializes mostly in Norse and European mythology and history um, and art and architecture as well. So, Okay, well, she seems like she doesn't really want to talk right now. So I'll say, hey, is there anyone else uh, I should look out for in this party? Do you have any friends here? Any friends? (sighs) Who needs friends? (laughs) I feel you. Deeply. Who are you trying to suss out? What's your deal anyway? I am an archaeologist, I think. You think? You don't sound too sure of that. <sighs> she takes a drag of a cigar. 
<laughs> yeah, um, maybe, maybe I need a smoke break too. Oh, <laughs> I'll see. <laughs> and I, I walk out of the jungle. All right, you walk out of the jungle. Should uh, Etienne should be finishing up his speech now? Yes. Yeah, so it looks like Etienne has just finished up his speech and he is heading up the stairs. I'm gonna try to catch him. Gonna jog on over there. All right. Uh, you catch him and he nods to you. Uh, yes. Do Do I know you? Oh, Professor, I'm glad you can make it. Oh, yes, what a wonderful pleasure it is to, ha- to have you here. I hope you are enjoying the gala so far. Absolutely. Uh, I w- w- What a wonderful pleasure to be invited. I, I actually uh, wanted to chat with you a little bit about some uh, recently uh, found artifacts. Oh. Artifacts. <laughs> Excuse me. Artifacts. Um, and I, I was wondering if you maybe had a minute. Uh, I, maybe a, a smoke break on the roof? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the roof. Uh, why? That is off limits for guests. I'm sorry, sir. But uh, certainly I have a minute to discuss any artifact you are uh, so curious as to where it came from or whatnot. M- maybe we could uh, talk in your, your office then. I would, I would hate to uh, make other patrons jealous uh, with, with the kind of uh, one-on-one information we'd be exchanging. <laughs> I have uh, no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> a business proposition? I- indeed. Oh. Oh, I suppose I might have time for a few minutes to chat, but I do have a tight schedule tonight. So, he leads you um, up the stairs, around the balcony area, and to the locked double doors where you saw Kira exit the other night. He unlocks them, and puts the keys back in his pocket, and you follow in behind him. Inside is, you see a desk. It looks very much like a classic study. There's bookshelves on the walls with odd artifacts, globes, a dagger or two, a skeleton head, and yeah. So Etienne goes around and sits behind the desk and gestures for you to take an empty chair. Okay, as I sit down, uh, can I see the documents that I saw Kira abscond with? No. In fact, the only thing on top of the desk is the uh, computer. Okay. Let's see. I'm going to, yeah, sit down and say, uh, I I do have a proposition, uh, but first I would love to hear a little bit more about the Sumerian sundial, which uh, is, is, is of great interest to me, and... Um, I may have another artifact that would go hand in hand with it. So I want to understand the history. Yes. Ah, we are trying to understand the history ourselves. You see, for whatever reason, uh, the Sumerian sundial was not actually found in Su- <laughs> anywhere near ancient Sumeria. It was actually found um, by our expedition crew earlier this year in Peru. So how did it get its name? Is, did it just sound cooler? Sumerian sundial? <laughs> No, but no. Well, it does sound cooler, I admit, but it is because it does seem to be Sumerian design, despite it being found in South America. We're still trying to figure out how it came there. It is curious, no? Perhaps you should take a look at it. Maybe you'd have more insights. Yes, yes, very, very likely. Um, and, and who was on the Exposition crew? Oh, the usual... Uh, he lists off, lists off a whole bunch of names. The ones you recognize are Julian Oliveira, Margaret Hillary, and one more you've heard in passing, but you're not quite sure who it refers to, Gavril Rorich. Can you remind me 
what I would associate with Margaret. I have her name written down. Margaret is the one who talked after Etienne. She is the one who found the artifact. She's credited with finding the artifact. Okay, and Julian is a young explorer? Yep, he went on the expedition. He specializes in, I think you know this, he specializes in tropical diseases and such. So he was there more as like a medical field capacity. You know, I'm not sure I knew that, but like it makes sense that I would glean that from from this yeah, conversation. From this conversation. So, I mean, from from this conversation, can I glean that Gavrel is uh, security? Yes. So he uh, security detail, and uh, you glean because of how he introduces him that Gavrel is Etienne's nephew. Any other information I can get from him about like did the exposition? <laughs> Did the expedition go well? Uh, were there any rough patches? Was it uh, just a huge success? It seems that he doesn't... He treats it as a success, but he doesn't actually know. You actually find out that he wanted to go on the ex- expedition, but wasn't able to um, due to um, other commitments. So Gavril was his eyes and ears. But it seemed overall to be a good thing. Well, at this point, I'm trying to stall because if I can keep him in this office, he will not be killed in at least in the way he was killed before. So, mm. I'm, I'm well, seeing I'm seeing if this puzzle box lets me jam a stick in it. At about seven fifty, he will stand up and says he has to go. He must see other people. Like you say, he will. <laughs> he glances at his, at his watch and is like, I, I'm i sorry, uh, I have to go. And he gestures to the door and kind of tries to usher you out. So, unless you're going to brute force him, he's going to. <laughs> Alright, he, he's leaving. Um, I just think the last thing I'll ask is, I'll say, well, I, I do have a very, very interesting proposition for you. I, I hate that uh, you have other competing priorities, um, and, and sorry, who are you meeting with? Oh, you know, the life of the museum curator, I must do the rounds. Yeah, but who are you meeting with? <laughs> you know, the 10 minutes before your murder? I mean, what? <laughs> he seems very confused at that. In fact, his eyes go wide. Do you say that loud? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> sure. Uh, I, I really must go. Uh, Miss, Miss... Professor, uh, yes, uh, so he's very flustered now, and so he, he kind of just leaves the door open and walks out of the office. Okay. Miss Professor? Oh, no, he was calling me Professor. Yeah. Mr. Professor. Okay. Well, he would not tell me, but I tried. Um, okay, as I walk out of the office, I'm going to kind of track which way he's walking from a distance. All right, so you see him walk past the Sumerian sundial and left into the Scorching Expedition exhibit. I'm going to keep following him. I'm going to walk into the Scorching exhibit as well. All right. I'm going to wait like, you know, 10, 20 seconds as if, oh, I'm just here too. (laughs) Okay. Make your way past the Sumerian sundial. You walk into the Scorching exhibit and... You notice immediately the temperature rise. There's sand on the floor. There's a line of stuffed camels and an obelisk on one side. But what immediately catches your eye is the giant pyramid in the center of the room. They're really going thematic with these exhibits. Oh, yeah. Wow. They made it hotter. Okay. (laughs) Obelisk, pyramid, any side doors or anything? Not that you can see. There is an entrance into the pyramid. You can 
see that you can actually go inside. I think I'll do that. You follow the sand path up into the pyramid and inside it's immediately cooler. Uh, you can see hieroglyphs on the wall. You, it looks authentic. Like if you haven't been to ancient Egypt that you know of, but this this feels exactly like it would feel. Uh, you eventually make yourself make your way into the main room where you see a sarcophagus in the center behind plexiglass and then there's columns supporting the four corners of the room if you take some time to explore you can find you find a door behind the sarcophagus kind of tucked in the shadows and it says roof access mm-hmm. uh-huh anyone else in the scorching exhibit heading to to roof access at the moment not that you can see but as you as you're snooping around, you can hear shouting and movement, and then you can hear people running, and someone's running towards the pyramid real fast, running through the halls, and eventually you see the head security guard burst into the sarcophagus room and look right at you and um, kind of shove you out of the way of the door. Is this Gavril? Would I be able to figure that out? Yes. You as he shoves you out of the way, you can see on his little badge it says Gavril Rorich. Okay, well, I, I step out of his way, but I stay in here and I watch where he's going. Okay. He opens the door to the roof axis. A couple other security guards come in, and they bolt up the stairs. Um, I'm going to see if I can follow him. Okay, so you grab the door before it closes. Stick my foot in. you make your way up the stairwell. Are you trying to stay hidden or just going up with him? I think I'm going to try to look like I belong there, but not be like with the security guard. So a little bit behind. Okay. So they reach the top of the roof before you do. And you open the door to the rooftop and it's covered in gravel. In the center is a round pointed skylight with one panel open. And next to the panel is the group of security guards gathered around something. Yeah, I'll get I'll get in close. Lucky for you, they seem to be all uh, focused on whatever this is. Uh, it seems to be a pair of shoes. Mm, and mm-hmm. Gavril, the main security guard, is holding one in his hand. He lifts it, looks at it, drops it, and sprints off the roof down the stairs. Uh, oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, these I did know that Etienne, his shoes were not on his feet when he died. So these are Etienne's shoes, almost certainly. Can I actually, I can look at them and can I tell that they're Etienne's shoes? Uh, if you had to guess, you weren't particularly paying attention to his shoes, but they it, very possibly they could pass for his shoes. Okay. I'm going to look around to the other security guards that haven't quite followed him yet, or did they all leave in a gaggle? Uh, depending on how long you take looking at the shoe, they will leave, start leaving okay, soon I'll, after him. I'll, I'll try to catch one and say, oh, what's happening? Where did the, the, the curator's dead. He points to the open panel, and you look down, and you can see a crowd of people gathered around the body of someone who you assume is the curator, Etienne Cousteau. Well, why are you all up here? Because Gravel came up here. This is where the body fell from. Hmm. Gravel, Gavarel. <laughs> I think there's a link here. Uh, it's all coming together. Oh my gosh. Okay. Is there any other roof entrance or exit? You. There just seems to be the main stairwell. And then there is off the side, you can look over the side, you can see the gardens below you, uh, a nice little gardens. There's like even a little hedge maze, maze you can see, a fountain. 
But yeah, that's all you can see at the moment. Are there any vines dangling down into the garden? Anything to climb? There is ivy, whether it's strong enough to climb. You don't know. You'd probably have to try it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, once the security guards leave, uh, I think I might. <laughs> I think I might try to get down into the garden. Okay. Uh, you climb down. The ivy is pretty thin. It feels like it's breaking. At the last four feet, you kind of have to jump off. So it's possible, yes, to climb down, climb up. That would probably be more difficult. You'd probably need something else. Okay. Well, I mean, the thing is, I did not see someone come through the the Scorching Expeditions exhibit. So I, I think this is very possibly the, the method of egress. All right. As you're uh, standing there, you see two things. One... You see Genevieve exit the maze, your dinner date, and you see Nelly Cousteau run out of the Viking exhibit, which is connected to this by a pair of French windows after a bright flash of light. Okay. Is Nelly running from uh, where the flash came from? Yep. Okay. I'm going to run over to Genevieve. Uh, she sees you and like waves partially, but then turns her head to the bright flash and runs that way instead. Uh, I'm gonna run after her. Okay, you run after her. You see what everyone's staring at? This Viking ship is on fire. All right, with a, a sudden flash, you say. Hmm, okay, I'm gonna run over to Genevieve and grab her shoulders and say, where were you? <laughs> I, I, just in the garden, we gotta get, we gotta put this out. This was not supposed to happen. So she rushes back into the garden area and procures a bucket of some sorts and starts hauling water to try to put the ship out. Okay. Well, while she does that, I think I will watch. Uh... <laughs> For In the Viking room, which is less safe or from the statuary gardens? Uh, good question. I-, I need to look around both of these places, but also this is a moment of crisis. Um I think I'll I'll look around the Viking exhibits <laughs> during this moment. Okay, so you wouldn't really notice this because of the f- light of the flame, but the lights are out at the moment. Oh right, uh huh. So, uh, you <laughs> you look around the Viking exhibit while the flaming ship is there. It's kind of hard to focus because there's a lot of smoke in your eyes and whatnot. But uh, you, you notice that there is a the, the a the flaming ship a giant gray stone with Viking runes and a wooden shield with various images carved into it. Um, and then the pair of French, the French windows along the back, one of the, one of which opens into the statuary gardens. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go out coughing uh, into the statuary gardens. Okay. You <clears throat> head back in. You see lights flicker on and inside. Um, you hear sprinklers turn back on the Fire seems to be dying down a little bit, so that's good. Genevieve's still running back and forth. Nelly is kind of just passed out on a bench. <laughs> okay. She seems a little overwhelmed. So, um, I guess I go over to Nelly and I'm gonna ask, "Why'd you do it? Why'd I do what? Why did you commit arsony? Arsonry? What? Wait, what's the word?" Why did you light the boat on fire? I told you, fire safety's no joke. (laughs) 
should have been my boat to begin with. I don't know what all the big fuss is about. What did you <laughs> did you toss your your cigar in there? Uh, she kind of looks at her hand, like kind of surprised that her cigar is not in there. <laughs> hmm. It all happened so fast. People are screaming. Etienne's dead because. The... <sighs> because why? Hmm. Can't even. Hmm. <laughs> all right. Doesn't know when to quit. Uh huh. All right. I guess I'm not going to convince her to be that helpful. So I'm going to just see anyone. No one else is in this garden? No. Uh, besides Genevieve running back and forth with the water. Okay. Any interesting statues or anything? Uh, so there is a fountain with a statue of a swan on top of it. Uh, there are a couple benches. Uh, as you look around, you notice a lot of the statues in this garden seem to be Greek-based. So uh, it depends on how lost you want to get into the maze. But I, I guess not that lost. Um, oh, but it is like a, a hedge maze of sorts? Mm-hmm. It's decent sized. Interesting. I, I think I'm going to enter the maze. All right. Hmm. I'm going to go left and then right okay. and then right and then left and then I'm just joking. I actually have a part of the maze. No, so. you do. <laughs> okay. But, okay. So. so I I can I can I brute force it? Can I just uh I'm at wait 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 wait. At every intersection I'm going to turn left. Okay. So you come quickly to a dead end um where there is a statue of a man, two children and a pair of snakes. Does it have the name engraved? It looks and it says, uh, you look around it and it says Laocoon. Laocoon. Nathan, is this entire mystery just a, a way to get me to learn about really obscure minor <laughs> gods of the Great Pantheon? Uh, what? No. <laughs> what? 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 Okay. Laocoon. God of, does it say? Or is this a hero? Or uh, It doesn't say. But um, if you... Hmm. That's okay. I, I if, if it's not information that I can easily glean, then you don't don't have to tell me. Yeah. Well, you could ask Pocket Watson to explain the myth of Lao Kun if you'd like. Mm, I, I feel like any second now I'm going to be yoinked back to the beginning again. So, uh, yeah, no, I'll still do it. I'll flip open Pocket Watson. All right. So you flip, flip open Pocket Watson and you see... Uh, okay. You, <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> What can I do for you? Uh, Pocket Watson, uh, do you want to explain the story of Lao Kun to me? Oh, yes. Oh, it's been the subject of numerous adaptations over the years, but um, <clears throat> the main myth goes that his uh, two young sons were attacked by giant serpents that the gods had sent down, um, and uh, Lao Kun was able to triumph over them, I believe. But I'm not sure that his sons survived. Okay, thank you. Uh, we'll be in touch. Do, do, do. All right. As you power down, Pocket Watson, Genevieve appears in front of you, kind of frazzled, uh, looks at you and is like, and asks, what are you doing here? Uh, uh, what are you doing here? The boat's on fire. It's out now. No thanks to you. Uh, oh, it is. Oh, I, I. I needed a moment to breathe. 
Yes, I can see how this is all very trying for you. Now, <laughs> she moves around you and um, grabs something from behind the statue. Uh, I observe. All right, she <laughs> grabs something. It's in a sack, so you can't really see what it is, but it is large, it is heavy, and she looks at you, makes eye contact, and then reaches into her dress and disappears. And a split second later, you hear the shattering of glass, a white flash, and you're back at the stairwell. A message from the curator. He warned against the Trojan horse, but Laocoon can't help you here, of course. Can you spot the shambled fake, the lovers, the revenant, and the jungle snake? When you say she disappeared, you mean like in the same way that this time loop reset or like she like bamfed like she disappeared like bamfed oh my gosh is she a a planeswalker what <laughs> is this, is she here to solve the mystery as well possibly because that sounds that sounds out of the realm of this setting oh that's curious <laughs>